Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the, the epistle reading from Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, He has now reconciled in His body of flesh by His death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before Him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. So far our text. In these couple of verses, Paul simply puts together the entirety of conversion. That we all were once alienated and hostile in mind toward God, doing evil deeds but that Jesus has reconciled us to the Father through the body of His flesh and His death. And that not for necessarily you or me, but to present us before His Father. And to present us as holy and blameless and above reproach. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. Paul says, you once were alienated and hostile in mind. As we'll sing during communion, remember that I am but dust, and let my faith not fail me. We think back to Ash Wednesday, and the words said as the ashes are received, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. We return because we have been alienated from God, meaning that the relationship has been broken. We go back to Genesis chapter 3, where God asked Adam and Eve, where are you? Not that he didn't know where they were, but because their relationship had been broken. They were not part of paradise anymore. They were aliens now in God's creation. He goes on in a moment to say, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that this is something to be shameful about? Because before they fell into sin, the man and woman were naked and were not ashamed. The alienation takes what has been a gift of God and turns it into something horrible for us to be ashamed of. Remembering that we are dust, we go to our Old Testament reading where God tells Abraham, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Which sounds like great news. Until we remember that Abraham is 99 when God says this. Well past the whole idea of having a child. I mean, think about it. 99, 100 years old, and running around chasing a toddler. Who wants that job? I'm sure Abraham was like, remember that I am but dust, and let my, not my faith fail me. Because being alienated and hostile towards God, we do evil deeds. And we see it all around us. We see all the dastardly deeds that mankind has come up with against each other. We see the natural disasters that totally break for a moment God's bounds for them. And we recognize that mine is the sin, but thine the righteousness. Mine is the guilt, but thine the cleansing blood. 
We remember that we are in need of reconciliation. That without Jesus, none of this makes any sense. You can go through the entire, your entire life living to be like Abraham in 140, 150 years old. But without Christ, you can't make heads or tails of one day or the next. Why there is something good or why there is something evil. Because without Christ, everything is evil. That is why he came to reconcile us in his body. Not only a body, but a body of flesh. Paul writes Colossians and uses a lot of fleshly terminology because there are teachers that have arisen in Colossae and around that were saying that you only need to be saved by the knowledge you have up here. And a lot of it being you know, secretly revealed knowledge. Many of them decried that Jesus even had a real human body. That he just appeared to have a body. Like when God appeared to Abraham in our Old Testament reading. Just appearing to have that body. But John tells us, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Being reconciled by the fact that it was in his body that he died. In his body that he gives us the gifts of salvation. The gifts of his body and blood that we receive at this altar. Showing once again that we have been reconciled to him through those very gifts that he gives us over and over again. Because we have been reconciled by his death. As we sang a moment ago, his oath, his covenant and blood support me in the raging flood. It is in these promises that he gives us the only way we can find a way through this world with all of the evil going on. And in that, we also see ourselves as different from everyone else. As Paul writes to the Colossians, In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. But it's not just the baptism that saves It is the faith that baptism gives. The faith that Jesus truly came for you and for me. And not only to just say, hey, this is how you're supposed to live, now follow after me, and if you do it just right, you'll get in. No. He does everything for you to present you to His Father, holy and blameless. This is the mystery that has been hidden for ages and generations throughout the Old Testament, whether it's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Elijah, Isaiah, all of them get glimpses. But the bulk of this mystery is hidden until the time where it was to be explicitly given through Jesus' reconciliation, His teaching, His death, and His resurrection. The death and resurrection that makes us saints. As Paul writes this letter to the saints and faithful brothers in Colossae, those who have been set apart as holy by God. Set apart in baptism, where you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
As Paul wrote earlier to the Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Because if you have been baptized into Christ, it is His righteousness that shows, not yours. It is His that is the gift that not only marks you as holy and blameless, but also above reproach before God the Father. We often only see these words, above reproach, when we talk about pastors. And the ordination and installation rites, that is one of the requirements, as Paul writes to Timothy and to Titus, to be above reproach. But Paul doesn't write those words just for the pastors. Paul says here he seeks to present everyone mature in Christ. That we not only have that childlike faith that accepts the things of Jesus, but that we continue to grow in that faith. We continue to try to dig deeper into that faith. Which is why we come here and gather ourselves together. So that we may not stay in the childish faith, but may continue to grow and to attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood in Christ. That was Pastor Epaphras' prayer for the Colossians that they would stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. That's the prayer of every pastor for their congregation. That through their ministry, humble as it is, that you may be you may become more mature today than you were last year, and five years ago, and ten years ago. That you continue to mature. Because Paul doesn't leave off with just saying that God, Jesus wants to present you to God. But he says, if you continue in the faith. There's the caveat there. If you continue in the faith to grow stable and steadfast... So that the prayer of every Christian ought to be, when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, clothed in his righteousness alone, redeemed to stand before his throne. The prayer of every Christian ought to be that when Jesus comes back and calls us to be with him, he sees people he wants to bring to his Father, to present people clothed only in His righteousness, not leaning on anything that we have done, but being like Mary in the Gospel reading, sitting at the feet of Jesus, knowing that one thing is necessary, and that thing will not be taken away. And with that gift not being taken away, Paul also writes to the Colossians that you not shift from the hope of the Gospel. He had to write to the Galatians because they had shifted from the gospel that he had preached to another gospel. The Colossian teachers were trying to do the same thing. He wanted them to have their faith and their hope firmly based on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Nothing of me in that, but wholly leaning on Jesus' name. Thereby we can also pray as we will to end our service this morning. Lord, haste the day when faith shall be sight. That not only what is here 
in what is here, but also I see it with my own eyes. As Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives, and in my flesh I will see God. That is what Jesus gives us in the Gospel. The strength to be able to say, I will see God with my own eyes, because He is the one who reconciled me. Amen.